This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, I can't remember if it was Saturday morning or Sunday morning that was weird. I think it was Sunday morning. I sat down on the couch and I accidentally watched four episodes of Goop Lab. That was uh, that is the Netflix series that featuring Gwyneth Paltrow and her goopy stuff. Um, and uh, Bradley, I know you watched it too on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk One Zero Seven One, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. I know Holly also watched it. So whenever we talk about Gwyneth Paltrow, we call ourselves the Gooper Scoopers. Here come the Gooper Scoopers. They are going to find you stuff that's dumb on Gooper Scoopa, Gooper Scoopa. That's just what they do. Gooper Scoopa, Gooper Scoopa. There's always stupid stuff on Goop. Okay, so I. Accidentally watched four full episodes. Wow. Bradley Were you stoned. Were you on no, it was just early. It was like four a.m. I couldn't sleep, oh and I was God. like, "Well, guess I'm watching this." Um, and I just got sucked in, and I couldn't stop. Which episodes did you watch? Well, here's the thing. It actually turned out perfectly, I think, for the purpose of this conversation. That I watched uh, the sex episode on the one hand, which we should talk about, uh-huh. obviously, because I know you watched it too, and uh-huh. I think Holly, you watched it too, right? Yep. And then I watched uh, a chunk of the episode about energy work. And I thought in doing those two things, I actually appreciated something about the series as a whole. Now, I didn't watch as many episodes as you had, so I'm looking forward to hearing your take on it as well. But um, it seemed very, those two episodes seemed very illustrative. I think what the like love hate is that many of us have with Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, and I, and to be fair, like I know people probably think, oh, they're just going to rag on Gwyneth Paltrow because that's what we love to do, right, on our show. But I, I really did have a love hate with it. Yeah, there, there was a good takeaway from parts of those episodes. And also, can I just admit the obvious? What you don't hate something you don't love. Wow, that is deep right Whoa. there. On some level, that was deep. Yeah, you're welcome. You learned that on the Goop Lab? It's coming up on an episode of my new show called Farting into the Wind. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, but there's a love-hate with Gwyneth generally, which is why we have a whole segment. If right. we did really despise everything she stood for, I don't think we would we just not talk, about, talk her. about her. Okay, so I texted you and said, please watch the sex episode because it brings up so many things. It's both groundbreaking annoying kind of like it, it confusing you will feel empowered i don't know about you but people would feel empowered by it but also skeptical of it 
there's you go through a whole journey of emotions. You really do. Here's here's the takeaway. Like, let me just get to the punchline, which is the show is entertaining. It is entertainment. Right. It should be viewed as and appreciated as and critiqued as entertainment. We are not scientists. We are not experts in any particular field. So, you know, we can critique it on that level, but only because we've read other people's actual scientific critiques of it. And I think you should. But as a form of entertainment, it is a very well-produced show. And it presents sort of this, like, notion that Gwyneth Paltrow, if you haven't seen any of it, it's kind of like Gwyneth Paltrow and her goop pals are just sitting around and they're like... Oh, yeah, let's like talk about some stuff and let's dress up and wear nice things and we're going to show up at our beautiful office. And like my boyfriend had some energy work and oh, what's that about? Tell me more. Well, I got this expert here. So as a sort of, you know, setup, it's a very entertaining setup. It's just two people or a few people hanging out talking about some things we've maybe all heard of, but we'd like to know more. You and I are curious people. Holly is a curious person. So it appeals to that level like, oh, I've always wanted to know about um, breath work or I've always wanted to know how to have an. No, the big O. I I mean, I. Yeah, I haven't been curious about that yourself, but women have much easier. It's much more obvious. It's so obvious obvious. for me. Uh But but I actually found the let's start with the sex episode. Um, I don't know if you want to sort of like set the stage, but essentially to me, remember how I said this was like both the love and the hate, the love part of, um, of the equation is from this episode. I thought it was very empowering for women to sit around and have a conversation about, um, I'm like mansplaining to you right now. You could just tell us, but, um, you know, about their sexual health in a way that is not traditionally covered by the media. So I found that to be refreshing and positive and it didn't seem to be loaded with junk science or like mumbo jumbo. Well, and I think that that was part of it is that that episode basically had like the least amount of science involved in it. There were no, you know, huge claims that it was making that needed to be scientifically proven. There were some real complex social issues that it brought up about how women's bodies are viewed, how women view their own bodies or how we're not, able to view women's bodies yeah. um they talked a lot about how the the pornography industry has really stripped away any version of and i put this in very loose quotes normal when it comes to female genitalia and the fact that women just don't know what genitalia looks like yeah and they think most women think and i love because to a woman not to a woman but many of the women came to this conversation from a place of feeling as though they were weird or there was something wrong with their bodies which means that everybody feels that way which is a totally relatable thing and then you realize well why do we feel that way and then you learn that it's because of the way pornography sort of creates this idea in men's heads because if you if women don't know well certainly men don't know and the only messages they're getting are coming from people who are literally surgically removing parts of their bodies in order to maintain some bizarre like 16 year old boys version of what a, a woman should look like it's very it's upsetting and what they do is they try to kind of normalize then the female body for women themselves and you know that's the part that I felt was groundbreaking. There was one point, I'm just going to use the actual words, where they showed a slideshow 
of vulvas because you've never looked. I mean, maybe some people in certain professions have, but on a general day to day basis, I am not exposed to 10 different vulvas. <laughs> and, and they did. And to show how completely different everybody looks and how completely normal different is. And it was just, and that to me felt really groundbreaking. But also, there's this other bizarre piece of it where, and you're the one that kind of brought this up, Bradley, Gwyneth Peltro is like the mama of the project. And she doesn't have to, she's kind of volunteering all of her employees as tribute. Yeah, she doesn't go anywhere. She, You know, this whole setup is that, like, we're going to explore, we're going to go uncomfortable places, we're going to shine lights and things, and we're going to talk about uncomfortable things. She doesn't do any of that. She sits in her ivory tower and sort of watches the little people do this for her, and literally the interns are doing it, or, you know, the production assistants, people who have a very, like, people who don't have, like, a billion-dollar industry behind them to protect. So she can't be vulnerable, so she makes other people who are are actually paid by her to be vulnerable, yeah. which brought up all of these. And I know you might think we're getting too deep in the weeds, but I guarantee other people have probably, I would hope anyway, had these criticisms. Like at the end of the day, she is making money off of these people's vulnerability. And that was a little bizarre because she doesn't engage in it herself. Right. The very few times she tries to like dip her toe in, she very quickly sort of pulls it back and then lets other women sort of get naked on camera, which was a little disturbing. Um, yeah. That episode, really, though, I, f- I thought like, okay, I don't feel like this is such a horrible thing. No. Like this, this show, this is actually entertaining. I can take it for what it's worth. But then... But then... Um, I started watching the episode about energy work and literally within 30 seconds, they're talking about junk science, things that don't exist, like your ability to to wave your hand over somebody and change your cells structure. Like that's just not actually possible. And so you, it, it just lost me from that point on. Like I was like, I'm not listening to anything you're saying because it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. And while it might be fun to do as sort of like, you know, like in the way that like getting my horoscope read is fun. I'm not, I don't, like, I'm going to go to my doctor and find out how to relieve my chronic, you know, disease. I think the other part about that episode in particular that frustrated me was it only highlighted this one particular practitioner. There's all different types of body work that are not massage. Exactly. And they only did this one with the guy who kind of hovers above people and clears energy and does all that like to your point kind of hocus pocus stuff there's a, a whole there's about a thousand different ways yeah that people can work with your body in ways that can actually be therapeutic and helpful but for me it's like those. all those alternative and integrative medicine and all those things are wonderful <laughs> but if you're not going to be honest about the actual science from the get-go then i'm not going to listen to anything else you're going to say because i feel like you're going to at some point, try to sell me a bill of goods in order to make money. Because uh, some of these episodes, and you watched more than I did, uh, come across as kind of a, an advertisement for the particular pseudoscience yeah. that's on display. And that was the particular episode that had Juliana Huff in it. Yeah. Which is controversial. Which you, I hope you guys husband. talked about last oh, week. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Her writhing, and yes. Mm. Also, final takeaway before we move on. You guys... You have to be 
a size zero and stunningly gorgeous to work at Goop. I don't understand. That's the other thing I I'm learned. Like, is, do they have like a schlemiel over there? No. Like a schlub who's just no. like, hi, I'm Beverly. And, and I don't I'm care Darlene. about my looks. No. I'm, yeah, and I'm Darlene. Uh-uh. No, it's not Darlene. No, what is the name? Junice. Junice. Yeah. They don't have a Junice there. Yeah. They, everybody like, is. You would, you and I would walk into uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop experience, yeah. wherever that is, the office, and feel like toads. For sure. Like, because everybody who works for Goop that they put on camera looks a certain way. And can you imagine the the oppression yes. of, of working in a place where everybody is like a size zero? Oh. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. We have to talk about another publationship. What's a publationship? It's a relationship for publicity. We're going to talk about Shamila after this on My Talk 1071. Oh, we love to talk about publicationships on the Colleen and Bradley show. Mm-hmm. My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley, Trader Bradley. What up? What is a publicationship? It's a relationship for publicity. And what is a Shamila? Shamila, Shamazel, Hassan Fufer Incorporated. Well, that is none other than Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello. And they were both at the Grammys last night. Oh, they were, but you wouldn't know that they were there together. So or obvious. were they? They weren't. Because they didn't act, they they weren't there together. But they were there together, but they weren't together together. Wait a minute, isn't this the greatest love of all time? <gasps> right? They used to lick each other's faces. I mean, like five minutes ago, they were licking faces all over yeah. the world and talking about the true love, and she was writing albums and touring and all this love was happening. And then he was gone. Only he was there. So why was he gone? So this is almost like Cobra Gang territory. Like, we got to figure out the history's mysteries here. And the history is last night when they were on uh, the Grammys. They they arrived separately on the red carpet. Huh. And the, uh, the, uh, the line is, oh, well, they were separate because she wanted to go with her dad. Because, of course, she sang that song to her dad last night on the Grammys. Right? right? So she wanted to be there. With him on the red carpet. I have a question. Yeah. Are you only allowed to walk down a red carpet with one person? Uh, yeah, good question. Like, why can't I don't know the red carpet rules. The Jonas Brothers were all together. Yeah, and there's like, three their wives. There were six of them. Yeah. Now, because Traveling get, in a pack. Because get this. The song that she sang to her dad last night. Like, she literally sang. Like, they did this weird thing. And I, I have some, like, I don't know. I'm jaded and old and weird but there was just something weird about the placement of her like kind of pseudo sexy singing to her dad all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey it's Stephen Diener host of the unidentified alien podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the unidentified alien podcast or UAP for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. But yeah. I get it. And it was perfect for the moment because, oh my God, we were all emotional from, you know, the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. So you've got this daughter singing to her dad and it was emotional. It was amazing. I mean, I was emotional. You know that it had to be emotional. Yeah. I was having actual emotions. And especially if it's Camila Cabello. Yes. Who I'm actually, predisposed yes. to think is full of, you doo-doo. know, lies. Poor <laughs> doo Lies most days, right? So she comes out as singing the song. It's amazing. We're all like, yes. Um, and she's singing to her dad. But the song that she's singing to her dad is really a song about, hey, I'm with this guy. And he, don't worry, I'm not going to forget you because you're the first man who ever loved me. Oh, But what she's saying is, I met this other dude. And by the way, that other dude is there. He's supposed to be Sean Mendez. But he was nowhere with in-camera visibility. That's weird. While she was singing this song. And they've got this like love for the ages, right? Yeah, because remember, for the last three years, well, really, it's been not even six months. Right. They've been, you know, I think it was since May, allegedly, or June. Oh, <laughs> fine. Be that way. <laughs> Gotta go. It's all lies. Yeah, it's just a lie. It's so obvious. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some celebrities behaving badly. D-Bag. We call them D-Bags. We'll tell you about them after this on my Talk 107.1. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And uh, we have a name for these celebrities behaving badly. Deberg. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your Deberg? Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Kylie Jenner. Oh, typical. And Travis Scott. Oh. Okay, so they're in dangerous territory right now. Oh, no. They like have quicksand or what? Oh. No, they have done something horrible to themselves, and only they can correct it. Mm. Uh, they threw a first birthday party for Stormy, their daughter, about mm. a year ago, right around now. Do you remember it? The giant head that they had to walk through. The Stormy giant World. Head. They created an entire amusement park based on their one-year-old. Well, Yay. guess what? Stormy's about to turn two. Uh-oh. Oh, what are they going to do now? They have to one-up it. Stormy and that's universe? the problem, is that they, it is only a second birthday, and they are caught in a cycle where they feel like they have to one-up themselves every year. What a waste also. That child will never have any memory of Stormy World. Mm-mm. And no. guess what? When Stormy is 16, she ain't getting that nice of a uh, birthday party. Do you remember what Kylie Jenner got for her 16th birthday? Uh, probably like, like a, a sweet ass whip car. What's a whip? It, it's slang for car. car. Oh, are you are you kids down on the street now saying whip? <laughs> Actually, that where'd makes you, us. Where'd you pick that up? That makes us old because I yeah. feel like the Nobody children do not say that no, anymore. No, no, she. I'm sure she got like some kind of car that's, and she probably got it from like her brother. You know, she probably got a house from her parents. 
It doesn't matter. Did they said what they are doing. Kylie Jenner's 16th birthday party had Drake at it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, Did he, she got a Drake. Oh, I almost made a joke. D- careful. Uh, no, we don't know what it'll be yet, but sources have told TMZ that this it may be a Trolls-themed birthday party because Stormy loves Trolls. Like, I don't know if she means like online, internet trolls. Online trolls. <laughs> yay. Oh, that sounds like a fun party. But yay. Ooh. It's full of bots. Yes. Awkward. Oh, fun. They're just going to insult you over and over again and tell you you're not funny and you can't sing. I mean, it'll be great. NVD. Yeah, no big deal. Anyway, no. Uh, so Stormy loves trolls and they're going to have to one up this birthday party. They've already spent on this birthday party. And trust me, we will know what. What yeah, she's also a billionaire is. blue. Right. Okay. Um, they've she's already run up a stuff. tab of $100,000 for their two-year-old's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like, lay low, man. What, what I don't understand is what so happened to... I, oh, mm. It's just a different world. I can't, I cannot criticize a world I don't live in. That's true. Yes, I can. Why can't You're paid I? It's to, America. actually. It's America. I most certainly can. Um, but I think if I became a billionaire, I would work extra hard to make sure that my children didn't feel entitled to my billions. Yeah. Because um, while it's one thing to want your child to have a better life than you had when you were a kid, it's a far different thing to spend hundreds of thousand dollars on a birthday. Right. Right? Well, yeah. And like, if I would you... spoil my child ridiculously, and my mother would probably be like beyond herself to say, like, you can't do that. But not to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, because then you find yourself in a situation where you've got a Tory spelling on your hands. Yeah. Aww. You have a child who can't live in the world. Yeah. Mm-mm. And expects a certain life that they aren't able to work to maintain. Yeah. It's just chill. There's got to be a balance in there, man. Yeah. You can invite four people to mini golf, uh, not no. just three. That, that, it, thank you, Holly. Look, you That's can even do spoiled. the, you can even do the carnival in the backyard, but you're keeping one gift, man. Right. You know who did that? Who? Joan Crawford. Oh. She made those kids give away all their gifts, except for one. They got to keep one toy. Look how that worked out. Yeah. Well, there's a whole movie about it. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, we don't know exactly what's what, but we will certainly we'll get know. the full meal deal when it happens. Yeah. Her birthday is on February 1st. So we've got a couple days. It's, it'll probably happen. I mean, I don't know. You don't want it to coincide with Super Bowl. Do you? Oh, that would be weird, right? I don't know. <laughs> Holly? Just yeah, you Your don't thoughts? want it to coincide with that that wonderful sacred moment right. in our culture. I just, Super Bowl. I just knowing her, <laughs> she doesn't want the she doesn't want the headlines to be about something else. She wouldn't want to run that risk. Yeah, I'm just saying. We're on Who's her. your D bag, Bradley? Do you know a guy named Thomas Markle? Not well, but I've heard of him. You know who he is. Yeah. He's Meghan Markle's dad. Meghan Markle's dad, right? Have uh, you seen this headline? Thomas Markle threatens to give an interview every 30 days until Prince Harry or Meghan call him as he says, quote, I can't sit in silence for the rest of my life waiting for someone to get back to me. 
this man is literally as as troublesome as his daughter can be. Yeah. And, you know, uh, what I'm referring to is some stuff and we'll get there. I just don't want to derail a conversation to have that conversation. Uh-huh. But what I want to tell you is, think whatever you want about Meghan Markle. Her dad is trash. Oh. Like, well, straight up trash. And you see what's happening right now. The palace can't control him anymore. No. Because they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. And he is free to do, and like, they have nothing to control him with. No. So he is threatening now. He's spoken to Good Morning Britain. He is, like, besties with peers. Which, this is not a good look. No. This is not a man you want to be embracing. Correct? Correct. Most days. All of the days. Anyway, he spoke to Good Morning Britain, and he says that Megan is not um, being bullied, so stop carping about it. And he says, he also says that she's not a victim of racism. And I think most days, uh, white guys should tell people who aren't white right. who the victims of racism are. Anyway, um he says there's never been a problem with Megan in terms of her race. Okay. Okay. Nope. Okay. Nope. Can we do the math for him? Yeah. Actually, we shouldn't have like to do the math. I feel you just did the him. math. Yeah. He's this 75 year old dude says he's willing to see his daughter in court to clear his good name. And he urges Harry to man up and meet him face to face. So, like, he's probably going to... Do you know what he's going to do? He's going to end up with Gina Rodriguez as his manager. Totally. Who's Gina Rodriguez? Well, she's responsible for such people as uh, Tan Mom, Octo Mom. Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. Sydney Leathers, if you can even remember, reach back in the recesses of your memory. Oh, man. It is, but it's true. That's Anthony Weiner's paramour. Uh, I'm sure she at one point has had something to do with Courtney Stodden. I mean, she finds... Honey Boo Boo. Honey Boo, yep. Alana. um, Mama June. Mama June. She finds the people who are like the, like, our... Level celebrities, tea level celebrities. Flash in the pan people, viral celebrities. She extends their 15 minutes. Yeah, she extends her 15 minutes. There's usually some sort of like solo porn experience. Um, Let's hope for Thomas Markle's sake, well, our sake, that Thomas Markle doesn't become her latest victim. But you can kind of see this play out because one of the things they end up doing. one (laughs) One of the things that. Uh, they'll do is like celebrity boxing match, and I yeah. can just see him coming out and saying, "I'm gonna box Harry." Oh God, no! I mean, nobody wants to see a Harry boxing match. No, Ugh. nobody wants that. Nope. So, um, anyway, he's trash, and I don't understand what motivates him. I feel like that that daughter of his, Samantha. not Meghan Markle, Samantha but Samantha, Markle, her half is sister. like egging him along in his later years. He is a 75-year-old man who clearly has some issues. She needs to like tell well, him to sit down and be quiet. That's the thing. Like the, the narrative that they're trying to push is that Meghan is a horrible person because she won't be involved with him. Uh, and he's doing this poor me. She won't take care of me in my old age. Meanwhile, he's got Samantha over there. She's actually manipulating him. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, why don't you it's just so bad. first? And he he says all those things like she owes me. She told me when she was little that she was going to take care of me in my old yep, age. Yeah, well, things uh, change. Yep, okay, things yeah, change. that's not why you had kids, Dingaling. It's not how it works. <sighs> Go but, get a job. But honestly, I really do feel like I mean they're they're clearly not afraid of him because if they were. 
this would have factored into why, you know, their decision to leave the royal family. Right? Because when they were oh, in, I see what you're saying. When they were on yeah. the inside, like they were protected from him because the family, you know, put the kibosh on him talking and they had like whatever measures they took. When they left the royal family, they left oh, the protection of that. Yeah. And that's why we're hearing him squawk again. But they clearly don't feel threatened by him. Also, I read, by the way, speaking of Meghan and Harry, the two of them uh, right now are charging a half a million dollars to be keynote speakers oh, at sure. things. Yeah. So, like, and, and they're getting those, yeah. they're booking those gigs. So they're fine. They're not worried. And clearly, Thomas Markle is not any threat to them. Yeah. It is sad, though. Um, I don't want to say he's sad. I mean, he is sad from like a yeah. pitiful perspective, sure. But like anytime there's like family crap yeah. out in the open, that's that's sad. It is sad. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like whether you're Meghan Markle or whether you're him, like there's clearly more going on that we will never be privy to because right. it's none of our business. Right. And having judgments about who like so-and-so is a bad dad. I just think he's trash from a human perspective, right. which I'm not using that term lightly in the sense that I don't think he's actually, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but his behavior comes across as very trashy. Right. And something that even if you believed that your daughter was a horrible person, even if you really, truly believed that, you would have the sense as a normal human being to keep that to yourself or the people around you. And you would not be going on national television shows to badmouth that person, even if it was totally true. Right. And that's what you felt in your heart. I mean, truly, no matter what you think of Meghan Markle, of in their relationship, she's the one that I respect more because she's well, not she's kept her mouth shut. Yeah. She's not dragging it out for everybody to yeah. litigate. And you know, she just keeps quiet and focuses on what she needs to focus on. Well, I think she's also smart in realizing that she comes off looking like the better person by keeping right. her mouth shut because right. you do. Right. Cause exactly. you're not on good morning Britain. Like, yes, it would be delightful to watch Harry uh, or Megan and Piers Morgan go at it you know, verbally. Right. But that's not going to happen because she would never, then you just play in the, you know, if you get down in the d- mud with a pig, then you're just both in the mud with a pig. Dirty. <laughs> when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, and the pig likes it or something. I <laughs> when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, well, we've talked a little bit about uh, the, the sad events of yesterday. Uh, it was early afternoon for us here locally but in la it was the late morning hours the loss of kobe bryant we're just going to talk a little bit about how the ripples of how that spread yesterday and things that we noticed as we were sort of experiencing this uh just all of us together we'll be back after this on my talk 107.1 well the middle of the day yesterday here in the twin cities uh was kind of a shocking and very sad moment on the colleen and bradley show my talk 107.1 Streaming live at mytalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. That's when uh, the news hit the wire that Kobe Bryant had died in a, a fatal helicopter accident in L.A. And very little was known at the outset. And Bradley, I know that you were kind of... You were with a group of people when you heard this news. Yeah, we were um, playing dodgeball, um, and I just looked down at my phone, and I saw the My Talk 1071 news alert, which, um, you know, I got before my other alerts. So, by the way, if you want to keep up to date, I mean, yeah, 
Um, there's uh, you can count on if there's like headline news that you're going to get it. Um, anyway, so I saw the headline and I was like, oh my god, did you guys hear about Kobe Bryant? And they're like, well, no, what about Kobe Bryant? And I was like, um, and then I read the headline and people are like, no, that's not no. And I was like, no, yeah, look, it's right here. And then everybody, it sort of started trickling around and other people were noticing it as well. So it kind of just spread. And and it's one of those things where, like, I don't have a direct connection to Kobe Bryant, obviously, but I am aware of who he is, obviously, right. because he does sort of transcend his, you know, his role as a um, as an athlete. Um, culturally, he's just such a part of um, people's awareness. So it was that moment where you're like, ooh, this is one of those moments where everybody's going to, like, pay attention to what's going on because it's so shocking and jarring, right? So just as, like, an event, everybody's going to pay attention to it. It's not just like, oh, did you know, like, Holly will be like, hey, did you hear Bob McCracken died? Oh, well, Bob McCracken was on the set of the 1956 Alfred Hitchcock movie, Rear Window. Right. Like, oh, no. I mean, he was a great man, too, but different right kobe bryant i mean as you say kind of transcended his career as a basketball star and made his way into the cultural zeitgeist in a way that not every celebrity does i mean to the point where even like my my kids have a reference point for kobe bryant yeah and this is actually true it's going to sound silly but it's true i promise you if you know kids in your life that are between the ages of probably like seven and fifteen when they're playing basketball or just trying to like throw something in the garbage from across the room or, you know, anything athletic, when they make a good shot, they all go, Kobe, everybody does it. And so they, you know, even the kids have a, a he's a touchstone for them. And I was sitting on the couch, Bradley, when, mm-hmm. when I got that alert and I started paying attention to how this all was developing on Twitter because there were so many questions around it. Yeah. Um, who else was in the helicopter? And then there was this whole very odd thing that started to happen on Twitter where people were reporting one thing mm-hmm. and others were running with it on t- Twitter. And then publicists were coming out and saying, no, don't spread that. That's not true. There was one particular rumor that caught fire that there was another ex Laker in the helicopter as well. And just watching it sort of live and breathe on so- social media and how social media kind of gives the story its own life yeah, in kind of a scary way. Well, and also it just, you know, it's through the filter of the world that we live in right now, which is that everything is, you know, nothing is real and everything. Right. Smoke. And also that, that reporting first is important. So like report being the first person to report something is more important than getting the facts. And that's sort of what you see is the, the like a symptom of a larger problem on Twitter specifically is that need to get the the desire to be the first one with the story and neglecting to recognize whether or not what you're reporting is factually yeah. true or not. And it's also just a place where people process things differently, right? Yeah, I mean, um so I, you, you see people's reactions, right? Right. One of those reactions, and I'm, I'm not going to name the person because I don't want to make this about that person, but this person on Twitter said um, or referenced the fact that um, there were some unseemly things about mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, why in that moment would your response be to 
point that out. Right. Right. Like, why do you want to be the person who points that out? Like, um, and this person said, let's not canonize him despite being a great NBA or with a dazzling smile. There was something and then there was something else like, okay, but seriously, you have a choice as a human being Mm -hmm. of what comes out of your mouth. Why is that the thing that you choose? Like Mm -hmm. that, like, is that relevant in the moment? Like there is a time and a place to make sure that a person's memory is complete. Right. That an accounting of a person and their life is complete. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know that immediately upon learning that he has died tragically. And in fact, not knowing whether or not his other family members are on board Mm -hmm. or whether his family members have even begun to deal with the reality of what just happened. And that's the thing that's going to come out of your mouth. And then of course, everybody reacts to that. And then that person reacts to the people reacting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you set this off. But now you don't want to take responsibility for it, or you're trying to make a, a bigger point about the culture, and it's mm-hmm. like, don't use somebody's death to make a bigger point about the culture. That's just cheap, right? So yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was, and it was really interesting to watch because, to your point, Bradley, again, in those very early moments, we didn't know. Well, honestly, I don't think people knew right away whether or not even Kobe was on the the helicopter. TMZ was reporting that. But that was not confirmed to anybody other than TMZ. Yeah. Then Variety went. They did an independent. They independently confirmed it, and then other outlets were going and independently confirming that. But then beyond that, we didn't know. So we're still trying to even understand what actually just happened, recognizing that there are more. There were more people on that helicopter than just Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Who were they? And then there were conflicting reports about whether or not one of his own children was with him. Knowing then that, of course, you're leaving behind a wife and other children. It's just tragic. And then to have this be the way that the conversation goes. Now, I will say, when I woke up this morning, I was noticing the trajectory of that conversation is changing into more of that question about these the, the things that he is associated yeah. with in his past. And I And I honestly do think it's part of the human condition to go... Okay, how do I how do I make sense of all of this? A tragic loss of a person who held a certain celebrity and other information that we have about that person. How do I kind of dig through all of that and deal with all of that? Is a worthy conversation to have, but maybe it doesn't need to be the conversation that erupts yeah, immediately. Immediate. And yeah. it also can be a personal wrestling that you have within yeah, yourself. Yeah, you don't have to share it necessarily. Yeah, and right? you don't have to tell other people how they should feel. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, let's go back to the Grammys. Uh, the Grammys told us how old we are. We're very old. We're really old. Uh, we'll tell you how old we are after this on my Talk 107.1.